Um, welcome to our third episode of the Standard Podcast. Uh, I'm Rowan, and I'm joined by John. Yeah, I'm John. I'm the deputy editor-in-chief online of The Standard, and today we're here with Carla Lindsay and Max Ulcher, both of whom starred in the recent high school production of Les Miserables. First of all, guys, congratulations. The play was stunning. Um, do you guys first want to introduce yourself and talk about your roles in the musical? Max, you go first. Okay. I'm Max, and I'm a junior, and uh, I played Jean Valjean in the play. Yeah, um, I'm Carla. So, could you, like, take us back to, like, what was the process of auditioning like, and <laughs> how, does that, how was that different to, like, once you actually got the part and were doing rehearsals for the play? Um, well, during auditions, they actually, because um, they didn't know who everyone was, so we weren't necessarily... Um, I suppose, like, ourselves in rehearsals, they actually gave us numbers, Hmm. and we had to wear the numbers for every day of the rehearsal, so I was, like, 14, I think, and, um... 39, because I didn't come to the first day. Yeah, and I mean, and it was, it was really cool, it was a great process, um, they're very nice about it, they make everyone try out for every role, um, regardless of whether or not, some people come in, and they automatically know that they don't want to go for one of the leads, they're happy to be on the ensemble, but they have everyone try anyways. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's really cool. I did not know that. Um, Yeah, so I guess one of the kind of things, like when you have the role, it's a lot less scarier than when you're trying out for the role. Especially every year you come back and it's like, I don't know, when when you're a musician in the school, you kind of are always very kind of conscious of like who else is a magician, magician, (laughs) musician in the school. Like, you know, like you're kind of not who you're competing with, but who you're like in kind of arms with like who you who are your like fellow music musicians music people um but what's always scary is that because it's so early in the year you have no idea like because you, you usually you can kind of know what to expect but you really don't with this so you kind of walk in and you don't know like am i going to be good enough is the other person going to be good enough because who like what, how do we everyone stand i think that um it's not about knowing like if you're better or like or, but it's just like understanding whether or not you're best suited for like a part or not and, like, with a lot of things throughout the year, you kind of know, like, your chances of getting something because, like, you understand, like, the competition. But what's always kind of scary about the beginning is that you don't know the competition. Yeah. And um, that doesn't necessarily mean that anyone's better than anyone else. It just means that sometimes people are more yeah. better suited for roles. Yeah. So, like, sometimes, like, when you go for, like, inquire, when you have solos, you know everyone in choir. And you think, hmm, this person's voice would sound really nice on this. And like mm-hmm. you know the piece, and you know the you know the people in the choir. So you think, oh, well, actually, this person would sound better on this than I would. And like that's cool, yeah. good for them. But because it's so early, you don't know what to do, and you're so it's kind of because you have this unexpected side to it. It gets kind of really scary in the beginning, mm-hmm. especially because um, when it's something you care about a lot. Yeah, yeah. And how did it feel once you got the part? Oh, it was <laughs> it was it was so cool. <laughs> actually, when they sent out the casting email, so my first name isn't Max; it's Maximilian, and it's also spelt kind of weirdly. So when they sent out the casting email saying that they could talk about who got which part, um, I didn't get the email because they sent it to like Max underscore Ulster. So I was like, all my friends are saying me like, oh, don't I tell you who you got? I'm like, no, I want to find out by myself. Yeah. And so I actually ended up waiting like five hours before I realized the email was just not sent to me. Um, so for me, Les Mis has always been my absolute favorite musical. And I um, loved like listening to music on Spotify. And Eponine was always hands down my favorite character in, in the show. And I used to, like, imagine to myself, you know, what it would be like if ASL ever put on Les Mis, or if I ever got to be Eponine, you know, what would I do? 
And I remember it was graduation last year, and that's when they announced to us um, that they were doing Les Mis. And I was so excited, and it just, you know, it was the highlight of my summer. I was just thinking Les Mis, Les Mis, Les Mis. So I had never been so anxious in my life than, like, auditioning for Les Mis because that was sort of like an all-or-nothing moment for me. This was something very different to what I'd ever done before because I didn't even know, I had never seen Les Mis until I watched it with Carla and another <laughs> friend a week before the auditions. And so, like like with those performances at the Angels, each time I go on stage, I still get so much stage fight because it's something completely new that I haven't done before. And this yeah. is kind of the same thing for me. I think naturally, I mean, I, I honestly would at this point say that there are certain similarities between um, like athletics and music. Um, I think any athlete will know when they go to audition for a team, um, like tryouts. It's probably quite a similar feeling because um, you know that you're probably being scrutinized both like on stage and off. So I'd say that, you know, if you've done music, if you've done sports, you know what it feels like. Every time there's a little bit of like, I don't know, nervousness or anxiety, but ultimately it, it's rather similar. So I know certainly I've done my fair share of like auditioning, like in choir, honor choir, um, acapella. <laughs> And um, so you kind of, you get used to the feeling and it's more that you you learn how to control. Yeah, like, I guess it's not quite stage right because that usually comes like on the first yeah. night when you step on stage. But I think one of the most magical and kind of sad things about when you perform is that like, at least this is what happens with me on the first night. It's always really terrifying. But when you get to the second night, you just don't, you just don't feel afraid on stage anymore. Yeah. It's, it's almost like you're, you become even more of just like someone who's playing a role for other people. Like, it kind of takes with the experience of, oh, my God, I'm on stage. It's more of, like, I'm on stage. I need to communicate this message. I know how I'm going to do it. And, like, you like, kind of go into it. And I feel like the more, the more you do it, the less and less it becomes about... I don't know. This is with me. Like, the, the more that I perform and stuff, it makes me feel less and less, um, like, afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say, so like, a big thing, like, although we have, like, um, like even just yesterday, we had... Um, Acapella rehearsals and like yeah. tomorrow we have chamber rehearsals. Like, like even though we're seeing each other very often for like an hour or two hours a day and in like smaller groups, I think what Les Mis did was that it not only put us together in that kind of situation, but it gave us something to bond over. Like whether it be like maybe we're a bit tired that day then we could all like complain about it together or if we, we forgot a lyric, we'd just like, so we, they'd have the other people to support you. And I think through like, because you kind of were forced to be together and also be like to for so long, it was sometimes like five hours a day. Um, we kind of not only did we have the opportunity to bond, like we would in like the hour sessions at lunches and stuff, but we also had things to bond over. Mm-hmm. And what was the what were rehearsals like? Um, how did rehearsals change from the beginning, the first couple of weeks after first getting the roles to towards the end? Um, what like what went on during those five hours? They were long, very very long. <laughs> like from two, sometimes we'd have rehearsals from like on Wednesdays, on from Wednesdays like two ten to eight thirty sometimes. Yeah, it's a long time. It, yeah, it was a long time, but I mean, ultimately, I don't think if it wasn't visible, there's nothing else that I could be that dedicated mm-hmm. to for that amount of time. Um, like, and it helped again because you had there who you enjoyed being around but in terms of actually like the structure of the rehearsals um towards the beginning we mainly worked on singing with miss ross so we had like these booklets and we were just um doing all like the numbers um together and then we once those were sort of like down we started to go into recitative which is like the um the speak singing between the big numbers 
um, and that was more for like individual characters, assigning solos to people in the ensemble. And then we moved on to dance and choreography, and then mm. more onto like the um, smaller like nitty gritty scenes between the leads. We just run the whole thing yeah. over and over and over again. Like sure. every day, we'd run either and one of the acts would run both acts. And then we started introducing the band. Yeah, that was. Was there a lot of like tension in the build up to the play because? You guys have put in so much time, so many hours into this, and it was such a like long process. Um, was there kind of some tension as to how will people actually react to this once it gets put out there? Well, see, yes and no. There was a yes because it was like it's a huge musical. There are some people in the musical who are telling people that it wasn't a good show, and I mean, I think. Wait, sorry. Some people are part of the cast. Yeah, and through that and then also a lot of people were telling people it was an amazing show and like because there was so many contrasting kind of like messages coming from the show and because it was such a big show on its own I would say that in one hand, one hand we were kind of, there was like a lot of pre- there was no pressure because we, we knew what we were doing we had done it a bunch of times over but at the same time there was a lot of pressure because there are so many opinions out there what would happen we, it was our job that we then we were the ones who would then prove or disprove yeah. those opinions and I guess it kind of put a huge weight on us for us to say like this is good like we worked really hard and it's worth it. There was a performance that apparently I did really well in, but when I finished it, because I messed up a little bit, like the opening on two of my songs, I um, I just couldn't feel proud or happy with myself for what I had done. And I guess on a personal level, it matters like how you feel, but at the same time, it's entertainment. The, yeah. Like our jobs, like as much as we enjoy it, it's literally the idea of, of making others happy or making others feel emotion. Or conveying, conveying a message to other people. That's the whole purpose. So I think having fun is one side of it and the other is like it's a job and getting mm-hmm. the job done um like there are people who do it professionally and for them it's i mean for us it was about enjoyment largely because you know we're a high school ensemble but people who do it professionally like on the west end it's very much about what the product looks like and i think that that becomes the difference between a high school production and like um a professional or a really like outstanding performance is um when you take it to that to that next level where ultimately the presentational side gets put kind of before like that's what everyone is working towards mm-hmm. and how did performing it actually differ to performing it those countless days during rehearsals when you stepped out on stage Thursday night or Wednesday night what was going through your mind was it was it any different I don't know how to describe it necessarily. There's this sort of um, feeling. Yeah, there's like this feeling right before you go on of like, oh my goodness, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. And then you're standing in the wings. And I don't know, for me, it's like the lights. There's something about the lights that I suddenly feel very, very grounded. And and it's so all of my like stage fright happens right before I'm on stage. And mm-hmm. then once I'm on, that's it. And I feel very... You can't see the audience. You can just see the lights. And you would think that that was claustrophobic, but it's actually very comforting. So when you're singing it, you almost feel like you have all the time in the world. Or at least certainly with On My Own, with my solo, I felt that I, like the, the band is following you. So I felt very free and that I could take it in whatever direction I wanted to. So, yeah. I'd say I kind of seen the same way. And I think... I think a lot of it depends on like how you feel about what you're doing as well, like, how confident you feel in what you're doing. Yeah. Like you sang on my own consistently, beautifully. It was it. You knew what you were doing, 
But, like, I would feel that way for a lot of things except for, like, my solo song, Bring Him Home. And, like, I would go through waves of being really confident in my ability to sing it, and then I would go through parts where I was really unconfident mm. because the entire song is set in a part of my voice that I had never actually been able to sing in before, like, a month before the show. And so the entire time, I had that kind of, like, with every new line I'd start in the song, it was that behind-the-stage feeling yeah. of, like, about to go on, you get the nervousness. Well, that was what was interesting for both Max and I, is that we got these really great roles, but neither of them are actually roles that we would... I, they were challenging for us in terms of the singing. So, mm. for example, like Max was saying, like, he had to hit some really, really high notes. Um, whereas on me, I usually sing, like, high notes, really soprano, high. but I was singing, like, the lowest of the alto notes. And that was scary for me because I thought, well, what if I can't hit the note? You know, mm-hmm. there is that anxiety. Mm. And was there a favorite aspect or trait that each of your guys' characters had that you really enjoyed bringing out and really enjoyed playing? Yeah, and also, like, to further that, how did you kind of your appreciation of the whole play and Les Mis kind of change as you performed it rather than just watching it, or if at all? I mean, I only watched it once before I saw it. My sisters, I know they loved it. My parents loved it, but I'd never really seen it, never been involved with it. Um, so I guess in a way my perception changed because I knew what it was now. But I think also my understanding of... Um, my character is really like I think the moment which I started to in which I started to like appreciate the show so much more was there was um I think before our first show, Mr. Sesums he gave this little speech yeah, and he was talking about like a deeper meaning that he had found in Les Mis and throughout the entire time I kind of thought of it just as like a role. I was like okay this character is this and it's fine, and like this is how they interact with this person. But then he was talking about like it as a bigger like more widely applied ideology talking about like with everything uh, that the musical stands covers. for yeah. yeah and like talking about how like it was like in a world people believe that you were born bad or born good and I was at first I was like okay this is just something silly but then it talks about like why Javert commits suicide he commits suicide because everything that he knows is proved wrong by my character and I was like then my character is also then proving wrong all of his pre-assumptions on the world around them yeah. and then he's helping others to then change their minds too and it just like even though I'm not, I don't think I'm explaining it in as, as like a well, it, nuanced level as I yeah. kind of understood it, but it just it gave the character so much more meaning and depth to me. And, and I think that what I really appreciated about Eponine, because she's a character that is very beloved generally throughout like the musical world. So there's pressure to kind of make the audience connect to her. And that's what I really loved about her was getting to portray a vulnerability of being isolated um unrequited love um family issues you know um but i think that that those sort of issues that it touches on are exactly what makes Les Miserables known as you know Les Mis um but i think that what's so beautiful is that you can also portray a side of it that is is beautiful and is uplifting. I think that that's what makes the musical so special is that people go into it thinking that everything is going to go wrong. But you have the epilogue, especially yeah. when you have everyone who died come back. And you have all of, you have um, Javert, Angeras, Eponine, Fontaine, and um, Valjean all up on the barricade, which is supposed to signify like, uh, or symbolize heaven. And it's saying, you know, Look, they they got somewhere and they're happy now. 
Yeah, I think the first time we run around the show and we went to the epilogue, I at first was just like, okay, another scene. And then when we get to the 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 intro, the people that do hear the people sing, nothing. Yeah, they come in, and I'm on, and I'm just sitting there. I'm standing there silently. I'm I'm holding Fontaine's hand, just looking out at the audience, and I was trying really hard not to cry because suddenly like it meant so much to me like yeah. like it was like this is the final conclusion of so much pain and and like this it's, it's like and then there's relief i don't even too, know how to say it yeah you know? especially for like the performers because then it's it's finished when you hit that last note oh my goodness it is like the best feeling ever mm. and then you know where at least where we were up on the barricade you had all of your friends like Darby and George were like right next to me and you know Max behind me and we all just sort of like got to you know hug each other in relief and like congratulations um and it's just the most amazing amazing um one more thing I'm interested also as an audience member when you're on stage and you're performing are you gauging the crowd's reaction and thinking of all these different things or is it literally just like I need to remember my lines I need to remember like the specific parts of this song that are really important like what are you what's going through your head is your sometimes a bit of both so, yeah sometimes you get to relax because yeah. some scenes are easier than others um, just don't say anything it's really great well after Eponine dies my favorite part was always like listening to the audience some people were laughing at times when um, you died yeah because of the because <laughs> of the kiss so they were, like, laughing, or um, some people, you could hear them, like, gasping, and they were really sad, and that's a moment when I got to listen, um, but during, like, On My Own, during One Day More, you have to be so present that, and also, you don't see the audience very well, so it's more um, about, in that moment, being on stage. Mm, I'd say it's pretty accurate. I, I, I think the very last note of your solo... I think, I think when you finish a solo, you kind of wait, like you have the that last note, like the, the I have never done that I love him, and then like um, and you just have that kind of moment afterwards. You stop, and I think there's nothing more incredible than hearing that silence, mm. like the space between your last note and the audience's reaction. I think. That I think that kind of lack of reaction at first, people are still taking it in, processing the information That's you've just given them. Part. It's one of yeah. the most beautiful parts of it. I think before, like until that moment, you're very much like engaged in what you're doing. Yeah. But then in those moments, you kind of like listen, and you engage with the audience yeah. again, and you just kind of. Oh, that sounds powerful. It, it's just like like that when when you wait like. I mean, of course, I love it when like you have the final like number and like yeah. everyone's clapping, clapping halfway through like the final note. But like when you have that like moment, you know that you've made people feel something because you know because if they can't yeah. clap right away, then that they, means they, they're they, still processing yeah. the information would, you've given them. The probably like the last thing that I would say is just that when you the most rewarding part about any show is being able to touch the audience emotionally. Um, comedy is great, uh, getting people to clap, getting people to laugh, but when you can make people feel emotional, when you can make the audience cry, you've really done your job very well because that's not something that people expect from a high school mm. musical. And that's why I'm incredibly proud of what we as a cast managed to pull off. Okay, well, thank you guys so yeah. much. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, and this is episode three of the Standard Podcast.
Um, so yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, please let us know um, what you thought of it in the comments below. Um, we hope you enjoyed, and if you have any questions, concerns, or want to be involved, contact us at st uh, the underscore standard at asl.org.